Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio, the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. See, Senor, a dimly lit room. We're deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, on Thursday, Little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. I'm going to go with NATO. Together, stronger than ever. Kind of, sort of, fulfilling some of their obligations. Hey now, hey now. And growing the club everybody wants to join cool we can talk about that we can talk about the fbi hearings that went on yesterday Uh, a couple of big ai things that are happening different stories unrelated but all involving those two letters ai hotter than heck if you live in palm springs it's supposed to be here big finish now here you go come on now If you live in Palm Springs, they're expecting 124 today. So drink plenty of water and stay in the shade. Oh, boy. That's hot. That's Baghdad hot. Yeah, it is, actually. Yeah. That's a warm day. Is it irony or coincidence or whatever, but the Hollywood sign is 100 years old today. And the TV and movie actors are going on strike to join the writers 
And the whole that thing is going to be shut down for a while, it looks like. And I, because I don't watch television, don't care. But hmm. I think it's kind of interesting because it has something to do with AI also. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't care much, honestly. Um, I, if you all can get a better deal, I wish you luck. I uh, certainly have the right to uh, I would, go for that. I wouldn't uh, strike too long, man. There's a lot of entertainment options out there in the modern world. No, I absolutely agree with you. But as you brought up, some of the issues are so interesting. You know, if you if you create an AI guy that looks a hell of a lot like Brad Pitt, for instance, and then have him act in your movie, Thelma and Louise return. It's unlikely they'd return if you saw the end of it. But, um, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> it's unlikely just, they would return. <laughs> yes, it is. Meanwhile, you got I saw a feature at the other day on the news. You got uh, actors like Tom Hanks who are sitting for these take a million uh, high tech photo sessions of every angle, every expression, that sort of thing. So Tom Hanks might star in a blockbuster film 10 years after he's dead. The money presumably flowing to his estate, his kids and grandkids. And nobody's quite sure how to handle all this stuff. Right. Right. But so the writers are on strike and now the actors and who else is it? The actors and uh, the key grips, please, not the key grips. Practically everybody is on strike. It'll be interesting to see if this has any effect. I mean, years ago when I was a kid and the fall TV season was a big deal and the only entertainment that existed in the world was the three networks. You didn't, you know, you didn't have the internet, or you weren't carrying around a world of entertainment in your phone every day, everywhere you went, and all that sort of stuff. It was, it, you know, you had a lot of leverage. But mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't know how many people are even going to notice. You know, I, I do not say this out of my animosity toward the culture of Hollywood, and there's plenty of that animosity. Trust me, uh, but I have a feeling, or I should say, this feels a little bit. Like when albums and, and, and cassettes and CDs gave way to streaming, your commodity just isn't that uh, valuable anymore. It's too easily gotten from too many people right. in too many places, including computers. Right. And it sucks. I don't have you. to pay $18 for a, for a slab of plastic to hear your music anymore. And it does suck for the musicians. Yeah. And so you're thinking the same thing's happening with uh, the TV movie industry? Yeah, I just think, and I'm not, I can't envision it completely because I don't know enough about it, but from what I've heard, just the ability to put a really good performance on a screen does not require a human being's skills and effort and time in nearly the same way as it did a year ago. And in five years, it's who knows. It also turns out that, as we have all learned through all the streaming services, there's just way more people that are good at this than we were led to believe. Same with like the music, acting, talented people, writing, yeah. acting, everything, directing, everything. There's way more people that are great at it than we were led to believe. The gatekeepers kept it so tight and closed. And there was a reason for that. I mean, that goes way back to like the 30s. If you've ever read about the movie business, I mean, they they wanted to have a few giant stars that made gazillions of dollars and they made money off them. They didn't want everyone to realize every town has got several good guys and girls that could be actors and somebody Mm -hmm. could write a good script and other people that could figure out how to film it and so there's lots of people so the whole the the whole money structure of it has changed and i I don't know it's got to get and then if you get down to we need a really good looking person to do something minor oh my god it was a dime a dozen before now ai can do it 
Well, and, and that's a hot chick. They're going to say, all right, uh, stand here. We're going to take a bunch of uh, digital photographs of you from every angle, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, we're through here. She does two hours, quote unquote, work, and then she's in a movie. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. How why do you, you pay her? Well, right. But I don't I mean, not even sure you need the hot chick to take the pictures of. If you just well, tell exactly. AI, you know, I want somebody a little taller than her and with a little poutier lips. And then you've got one. And th- th- that's not a real human being. You don't have to pay them anything. Right, the dude who's clickety-clicking on a keyboard says, uh, make her eyes just one shade greener. There you go. There's your starlet right there. Right. So She's never existed. I hope I live long enough to see how this plays out. It's going to be interesting. So could there be, like Jennifer Lawrence, uh, we'll use her. You mentioned Brad Pitt. Uh, maybe, maybe we need a more recent example than somebody who's 50 in his mid-50s. Um, but, but, and uh, still very ruggedly handsome. A, a hunky young man, uh, a hot young chick, the, the you know, J-Law, whoever. So people go to movies because she's in it to a certain extent. She's that kind mm-hmm. of star. Will there be an AI star like that? And does that even make any sense? If somebody creates... What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, it, uh, yes. The answer is yes, though. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of a great example. But um, yes, there will be some hero uh, created who sells movie tickets. It'll be like uh, Matt Damon in the Bourne movies, for instance, and uh, yet another outdated reference. I don't go to the movies. Um, But yeah, you'll have AI Jimmy, (laughs) who stars as Kick-Ass Bill, and those Kick-Ass Bill movies will be super hot. And the studios will, uh, uh, of course, uh, copyright, what did I call him? Action Jimmy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and he will have a run of seven, eight movies that are pretty popular. And then uh, people will move on to uh, Fly and Sue or something. Yeah, well, know. this is the same conversation we had the other day with the uh, Beach Boys song sung by Paul McCartney that doesn't actually exist. And if you can create a hit song, but those people don't actually exist and nobody actually did it. Is it going to feel the same way to us human beings? I don't think we even know ourselves about this. Mm-hmm. If 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 I'm watching an actor or actress that that uh, uh, doesn't ex- actually exist, does it hit me in a different way? I don't know. It will hit you in a different way. Two generations from now, what will the emotional connection be? Right. I don't think we know that. If it's if everybody knows there are no human beings there, that's just images of humans on a screen. There will be some emotional connection, but you're right; nobody knows the answer. But 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 some of the star power, like people going to see, you know, geez, Harrison Ford again and Indiana yeah. Jones. Um, uh, but whatever, you know, people that that draw viewers to movies because of who they are, will that will that go away? I don't know. I mean, because there is a people would go to see movies because they like who they think that person is, I guess. You know, Tom Hanks is a perfect example. Um, you, you, you come to like him from past performances. I don't know. I don't know if they're still going to have any power or not. But Yeah, I wonder. I see another like uh, divider in society, another break in society. Uh, and who knows what it'll be called, but. People who thoroughly embrace that sort of thing. It's like your anime freaks or whatever. And there's some great anime art, by the way. I'm not denigrating it, but um But a lot of them are freaks. A lot of you anime people are freaks. <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What will art mean if it's machine generated? Yeah, I I, I usually feel comfortable uh, opining on things. I'm not on this one because I'm so far from the typical taking in the Hollywood product person. I don't watch any TV. I, I haven't been to a movie in 15 years. So 
I'm the wrong person to to ask about this, but I'm, I'm I am interested in if the regular public, because I feel like, and I feel like other people I know who do watch TV and stuff have a stack of shows they're waiting to get to already. So I just I just don't know how much leverage they're going to have for a while. Yeah. Back to the strike, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I'm still ruminating on the, the question of computer art. Part of, uh, I was thinking of my laptop that I'm looking at right now, um, is if my laptop might as well be uh, Beethoven, Mozart, then what the hell value is there in a Beethoven or a Mozart? Part of the appeal of brilliance is scarcity. Sure, exactly. And if brilliance is everywhere all the time, if my, my MacBook... This segment brought to you by Apple. Uh, if my MacBook is constantly cranking out symphonies of the quality of Beethoven, who gives a damn anymore? Well, the only example I can use that I don't know if it's relevant or not is the whole thing of chess. They, it, it seemed like a really big deal when a computer could finally beat the best human being in the world. Has not diminished the... Uh, in fact, there's more attention now on Magnus Carlsen, the number one chess player in the world, Chess is bigger now than it was before computers, so it didn't like, well, there's no point in watching chess anymore if computers are better. Nobody wants to mm. watch computers play chess. They want to see yeah. the best human being do it. Ah, good point. So I don't know if that'll be the same way with music or whatever. Then the game's you got called chest. <laughs> Michael, I, I beg you to look that up. There's... There's no tea. Uh, but, and then you got that uh, one cheater guy was accused of uh, putting a buzzer up him. Yeah, you know? well, that's a whole different story. We should start the uh, show kinda. officially. That's related. <laughs> Let's start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is a Thursday. How did it already get to be uh, July the 13th, the year 2023? We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Okay, let's begin officially. Here comes the show. According to FCC rules, regs at Mark. We will not waver. We will not waver. No waver. I mean that. Our commitment to Ukraine will not weaken. We will stand for liberty and freedom today, tomorrow, and for as long as it takes. So, no bad I had a Kefkar in there. That's good. Well, we should discuss that because, man, that is a full-throated. We're in this to the end with Ukraine's speech there. Do we mean it? Do we? Is, is, the, is the country behind that notion? Till the end, what does the end mean? That's that's well, that's an interesting thing. And one of the weaknesses of democracy in terms of foreign policy is the next administration is not really obligated to continue those policies. That's true. A president DeSantis could decide, no, nah, we're not in it because the, the, I'm not in it. So it, yeah, absolutely. So we'll have to discuss all that. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's strong, really good. Wit, wisdom. Mm. A text line 415 295 KFTC. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's National French Friday, so enjoy that. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Want to talk about the FBI hearing from yesterday, among other things, coming up. Excellent. Here's your freedom love. Oh, oh you know what? I'm sorry, Michael. Uh, 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 silence the fifes and, and, and depress the drums. Or something. Uh, we were talking about AI and entertainment at length in the last segment, and we forgot to include this uh, pearl of wisdom. AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. There you go. So now my, I understand it a lot better. My kids know that. I mean, that, that might have been okay a couple of years ago. <laughs> AI is a fancy thing. It's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. It's like the biggest story in the world. All right. What so it has of, been for a while. And what sort of dunce says it's two letters? The same dunce who says Russia is a country mm. and Ukraine is a country. She's a dunce. AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's no, it's not fancy. Letters. It means artificial two letters. AI is two letters, Jack. Did you catch that? It's one of the biggest stories. There's been like five articles on the front page of every newspaper in America for, for two years now. Okay, everybody knows what. All right, go ahead. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Continuing on with our series of Thomas Sowell's favorite quotes. This from T.S. Eliot. Half the harm that is done in this world is due to people who want to feel important. They don't mean to do harm, but the harm does not interest them, or they do not see it, or they justify it because they are absorbed in the endless struggle to think well of themselves. Ah, the, well, that's a tough one to avoid, the endless struggle to think well of yourself. Yes, indeed. I don't Here's feel your like, mailbag, huh? Did, did I ever get to? I don't think I ever got to talking about that the other day. I do want to talk about that. The, the endless, endless struggle to think well of yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, right. interesting. So, I got this. Uh, Don writes, "This is what I want from my government." Tweets. Don't tell me to drink water. This warning is all I need, and it's an actual tweet from the National Park Service. It's hot. <laughs> That's the entire tweet. 
Eh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, Jim writes, not sure why you were going after Belgium on Wednesday, but once I heard your take of U.S. funds enable them to pay for their social programs, I knew I had to give you some context. I've been doing business in Belgium for about 20 years, even moved my family over for several of them. Uh, I've witnessed this all firsthand. Income tax is 50% on anything over about $55,000. So in a dual-income household, one person's actually just working to pay taxes. Then they have a value-added tax of 21% on most purchases, etc., etc. Oh, we're out of time? How did that happen? <laughs> my, sorry, my, I'm sorry. I was counting out the mailbag music. I have no idea why. <laughs> That's weird. Okay. Back That's to right. Belgium. And they're very, very high taxes. Uh, they also have taxes and fees we have in the U.S., property tax, car taxes, gas taxes, etc. Further, despite what you're told in the U.S., the universal health care doesn't actually cover everything. It covers most things, but to get full coverage, you have to buy supplemental insurance. On to the point. While living in Belgium, I was at a party. asked them how they viewed the U.S.'s role in Europe, and one of them responded almost verbatim with what Jack said. Quote, oh, without the U.S. military, we would not be able to afford our social programs. Jack nailed it. Joe, however, embarrassed himself. <laughs> what? Croissants? Belgians leaning back on their croissants? Really? Waffles, Joe. Beer. Chocolates. So many legitimate choices the Belgians could be sitting on. And you picked a French name for an Austrian pastry? Hey, newsflash. Wiener Schnitzel isn't actually a hot dog either. <laughs> wow! The rough side of Jim's tongue. That's pretty funny. Jim. Wow, Jim, I'm so sorry I disappointed you. That is interesting that even in Belgium they realize, though, that they're getting away with the United States providing their defense that's interesting oh, yeah yeah it's a beautiful scam and how to, by the way that didn't come up in the nato summit as far as i know that of the 32 countries only nine of them are paying their two percent and then a great point from jt that we were talking about the non-payment or non-spending of military budgets by the other nato members not living up to their obligations he points out guys you left out one of the biggest issues deterrence the whole idea of nato is to prevent military conflict before it starts and if it's not as big and beefy and strong as it's supposed to be less deterrence obviously yeah we have a lot to talk about if you miss an hour get the podcast armstrong and getty on demand armstrong and getty Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Today's FBI leaders reflect the best of our organization, an organization that is made up of 38,000 men and women who are patriots, professionals, and dedicated public servants. And that is the real FBI. That's FBI Director Ray facing a Republican committee for the first time since the Republicans took over the House yesterday. I find Christopher Ray an interesting character. Uh, whereas James Comey, every word he said, it, it sounded as if he was wearing white robes. You know, as some sort of high priest of goodness and honor. And he's full of crap. Uh, Christopher Ray has got more of a working guy, serious man uh, demeanor. And he is a Republican and a conservative man. And appointed by Trump. And appointed by Trump. On the other hand, his FBI certainly seems to have been very, very cozy with protecting the Biden, something he he denies. Um, so I've got to tell you, my, I'm still forming my opinion of the guy. I'm not quite sure what makes him tick. I do know this, and this is common to everybody in his position and similar positions. I think when he gets up in the morning, his top priority is the FBI, protecting the FBI, sure. its reputation, etc. <clears throat> Even if that means uh, let's uh, clean up this mess over here and not mention it. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's interesting. That's what I was thinking yesterday. But so I saw some highlights and everything like that. I did not watch the hearing as it unfolded. But I was watching Fox and Friends this morning because we discussed a little bit yesterday is was, uh, was the first chance to really see do the Republicans have their act together on these hearings? Are they going to do what all these hearings usually are, which is a bunch of disjointed uh, grandstanding speeches so Congress people can get on TV back home and fundraise, or is it going to be a coordinated investigation uh, with you know questions designed to follow up on each other and that sort of thing? And according to, for instance, Fox and Friends, Brian Kilmeade, it was it was it was the former, not the latter. He was he was disgusted on Fox that it was just a bunch of speeches from the Republicans, none of them having anything to do with the question before it. And nobody followed up on anything and they lost their opportunity to, like, prosecute a case. So I didn't watch it, but that was the take from uh, Fox and Friends this morning. Well, and then Poopy Pants Nadler and his cohort would make idiotic speeches about how Poopy Pants Nadler. So that's a reference to the time that he clearly defecated in his pants on stage and shuffled off awkwardly. 
Precisely. It was yes, so bizarre. You're tracking and it. so grotesque. It was, Johnny. Um, <clears throat> they made uh, idiotic speeches, uh, pledging their fealty and love and devotion to everything the FBI does at all times. So here's uh, my which question. Which is so bizarre out of the left. Here's my question. Do they do they have an agreement, Republicans, Democrats, that they'll do that so that nobody, so you never get to the bottom of anything in these hearings? Or is it just, that seems unlikely, is it just the human nature of, here's my chance to stand out and get some attention and fundraise and i'm gonna do what's best for me and and that's what happens as opposed to obviously you would think that the leader of the committee could get together and say okay i'm gonna ask this question here's what they're likely to do so why don't you follow up with this and then you follow up with that but that it it would seem that they all completely independently come up with their line of questioning. So you either get the same question three times in a row, or the answer is a dodge, and there's an obvious kind of follow-up to it, but nobody ever does it. Right. I think you're just looking for a soundbite, honestly. Well, that's disappointing. And, and like uh, Matt Gates was uh, was aggressive yesterday, as he frequently is, so he made a lot of newses. He got on, uh, and that's what he's famous for, is uh uh in similar Democrats? There are plenty of Democrats who do the same thing. S- famous for getting on the cable news feed for it, and you fundraise a lot off of that, right? And if that's your goal, as opposed to actually, and and the, it's the way the media works regularly. It's only the question that even makes the news. So it, it, the answer doesn't even matter to you know the news machine. If it's a fiery question and you point your finger and you yell, you, you get on the little highlight clips. Doesn't matter to anybody. The answer matters to me, but nobody's uh, nobody's taking the orders from me. So uh, let's get onto the particulars of what was discussed at the hearing. We have some good clips for you. Let's begin with David Spunce wrap up there, Michael. Clip number thirty. I'm curious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does you won't not the has qu- no well, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown. Though he pledged to stay above the fray, FBI Director Christopher Wray could not escape the politics that defined Wednesday's House Judiciary hearing. The number one concern, and I come from a fairly rural district, is weaponization of the FBI and the DOJ coming after conservative American citizens who just simply want to have a voice in the process. The idea that I'm biased against conservatives uh, seems somewhat insane to me, uh, given my own personal background. I'm sure it does. I don't think he's probably biased against conservatives or that the FBI is necessarily, but I could certainly believe, and I think they are biased against Donald Trump. Yes. Which is a specific thing. Yeah. Here's another point he made that may interest you in 31. This notion that somehow the violence at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and agents uh, is ludicrous and is a disservice to our brave, hardworking, dedicated men and women. Okay, so Jan 6th was not an FBI setup. Um, he, he, he's very good at not answering questions for what seem to be plausible reasons, ongoing investigations, personnel matter, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he was very, very slippery. I thought, uh, Jonathan Turley's comments is always on the testimony. Well, is, is there anything else? Uh, the, are you protecting Biden? No. Uh, oh, give me a uh, Molly Hemingway 37 first, Michael. 
People read an exchange like that. They watch an exchange like that and they see that Hunter Biden was texting, you know, Chinese officials doing this kind of shakedown. And Christopher Wray seems to be completely uninterested in doing anything about it. The record of what was actually done to investigate it is appalling. And that's just one example. We have investigations into school parents who are concerned about their school boards instead of, you know, instead of actually fighting crime. We have the Russia collusion hoax, which Christopher Wray did nothing to hold people accountable for that. And that was so damn to the country. Yeah, I'm not uh, trying to cover for Christopher Ray because I don't know anything about him personally, but there's an opportunity to drill down on that stuff if you could coordinate your questions. And that's on the committee that asks the questions. I just wish they'd do a better job of that. When he dodges something, or you feel like he dodged something on a particular Hunter Biden this or that, then follow up with a more pointed this as opposed to change to a different topic. Yeah, I guess the, the Congress people are thinking, I'm not going to do your groundwork for you. I'm not going to lay a foundation for you to hit the home run. Forget it. Yeah, well, uh, maybe we ought to get the clip of Brian Kilmeade on Fox and Friends from this morning. But uh, railing about how about did these people have a staff that provide any questions for him? He went through a list of things that didn't get asked about. Like, how mm. do you not ask about this stuff? I'd love to hear that. Yeah, let's grab that. Uh, Brian's a smart guy. Uh, let's hear. Speaking of smart guys, Jonathan Turley, 41. Look, none of us were expecting a Perry Mason moment where Ray would suddenly stand up and say, I did it, I did it. Uh, but this was really maddening. Uh, you know, he had more details uh, when Eric Swalwell asked him about FBI Family Day. He went on length about that. But when you deal with something that was just the subject of a 155-page report, he draws a blank. He repeatedly said that he didn't have knowledge of things that we've all been talking about. He constantly said that things were under investigation, even matters from January 6th, and he can't comment on an ongoing investigation. Well, that is true, and then they take that as far as they can take it um, on the whole not commenting on an ongoing investigation, including things that are like out in the news and already, as Turley said, things that are popular conversation points. But uh, what you said is absolutely right, and it's always true of these people. Their job is to protect the, uh, the, the particular branch or division or agency that they're the, the head of. That's their mm-hmm. job. Yeah, and I think even if a guy like Christopher A. is a good man, he thinks this will be, uh, I can better reform or fix what's wrong without the scrutiny of the outside world. We don't need outsiders in our mess. Here's what I would like one person to say, and it'll never happen. Either Christopher Ray, an FBI agent, any of the CIA directors that signed on to that letter that said the laptop was obviously Russia disinformation. All the, the, I would like one of these people to ever come forward and say, look, yeah, I knew it was Hunter's laptop. But I, I signed that letter because I think I thought Trump was a specific danger to the United States. So I did something dishonest because I thought and I, and I, I would do it again because I think Trump was a unique danger. I wish somebody would say that out loud because that's clearly what happened. That is one. Everybody knows it. Oh, yeah. And everyone knows it. Everyone knows. <laughs> and everyone knows it. Everyone knows that that's what happened. These yeah. people, they're in the business of knowing what's real and what's not real. And as has been pointed out many times, the FBI knew a long time ago that that laptop was real. But nobody will stand up and say, yeah, we were fudging it because we just wanted to make sure Trump didn't win. We just thought he was such a bad guy. So we did yeah. whatever. Why won't anybody say that out loud? I don't think they committed a crime, did they? I just think and, plausible and, deniability is worth more than we realize. But, but the 
But why do they need to deny it? The same people that love them would, would love them even more. And yes. the people that hate them would still hate them. <laughs> but the people that love them for signing on to that letter or, or, or you know, uh, falsing up FISA warrants or whatever that went on, mm-hmm. they would be even bigger heroes. They'd become household names to everybody who's, who's a never-Trumper. I just think in the world of D.C., if everybody knows you lied, everybody knows you lied. That's one thing, but you can still keep your job. If you say, yeah, that's right, I lied, and everybody knows it, ah, then your career's over. And everyone Uh knows it. We can't have him in office. He is a confessed liar. I just wish one person would say it out loud. And there, there there, there are 50 that signed on to that letter, the Hunter Laptop thing, but there are probably hundreds, if you include FBI agents, everybody. Just somebody come forward and say, I was willing to do anything to stop Trump from being president. Yeah. That's what I did. Because you know, that's I, clearly what happened. I would respect that person. I, I don't appreciate them perverting their job for political purposes. Right. But at least they have the the guts and the honor to say, here's what I did, and here's why I did it. Because uh, it bore all the hallmarks of Russian information. Uh, well, we knew it was. We didn't say it was. It just had the, the earmarks. I do enjoy a good earmark. Don't you know? <laughs> just stop it. Yeah. I realize this is kind of uh, off the chain. I think is that the, the expression I hear from the kids. But that's that's twenty years ago. Maybe me. I don't know. <laughs> now somebody or somebody used it to mean like not normal or weird. Okay. But anyway. Um, the other day I heard it and I thought, that doesn't mean what I thought it meant. Anyway, uh, I just read an analysis of the speech that made Julius Caesar's career as a leader. I thought that was so cool. And we'll get to it eventually today. Okay. It's not exactly ripped from today's headlines. Um, we got a bunch of different stuff we need to talk about. Um, uh, Chuck Schumer was part of a committee yesterday looking into AI. There are a couple of different AI stories that we need to get to. Uh, including, Plus Kamala Harris's analysis. Yeah. yeah, Kamala Harris explaining what it is to us, which is handy. So all that we've got for you. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That is uh, tinny-sounding classical music, indeed. So that is uh, being blasted in Santa Monica to deter crime. They're playing classical music. So I've been hearing this story my entire adult life, where they will blast like classical music from a convenience store or something to keep gangs away or whatever. And I've, and I've always been... Keep con- people from loitering. Yeah. yeah or I, I've always been confused by it. It's it's It seems like a bit of a... Uh, not racist, but culturalist or something like that to like imply that c- classical music is so ab- abhorrent to the <laughs> to criminals or a certain kind of person on the street that they would they will stay away from your place. If the classical music uh, is that the best way to keep the lower classes away? <laughs> Does it actually work? It just seems so crazy to me. Uh, oh my god, classical know. music! I'm a dumb bad person. I must run from this. High culture. It just doesn't <laughs> seem weird to me. 
Yeah, I know. But if it's music you don't like <laughs> being blasted, that, that tends to get you out of there. <laughs> and, and there is a presumption, yes, that, for instance, gangbangers are not into Mozart. All right. So uh, what happened actually is kind of funny. The uh, cameras with the speakers were installed on Thursday in Santa Monica. And the volume was set at an acceptable level. Unfortunately, the software glitched overnight and reset the volume to the highest level possible. And so they had classical music jamming all night out of these speakers and nobody could sleep anywhere near them in their homes. We were on the beach in Santa Barbara two days before Fourth of July. So we stopped there and stayed at a hotel right there on the beach. And my kids splash around the water and everything like that. And I was looking around Santa Barbara and thinking... Because I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Not only did I never go to the ocean, I didn't even know anybody who'd been to the ocean. Uh, so so it's just, you know, it wasn't my lifestyle. And, you know, you're perfectly happy with whatever lifestyle you have, and, and you can be happy anywhere. But I thought, man, if I had grown up here, because if you've never been to Santa Barbara, I mean, it's like out of a movie set. It's mm-hmm. like something you've seen on TV, probably because you have a million times. But repeatedly, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, any show you ever see about a beach was probably filmed there. But I was just looking around and thinking, if you grew up here, you couldn't leave. I mean, it would be really, really hard to move anywhere from here. Yeah, you're ruined. You are ruined, exactly. It's like if you ever have really good seats for a concert or a sporting event, it's really difficult to go back to the other ones. Um. Yeah. And I just was looking around and thinking, I can't imagine if you thought this was just childhood or, you know, college. Because, you know, there's a university right there, too. Wow. Wow. Very impressive. Um, So we mentioned the inflation numbers yesterday. Inflation way down from what it was. It says here in the dispatch, year-over-year inflation at this time last year was 9.1. Was it 9 as recently as a year ago? That doesn't seem right. Is that a misprint? I, rem- I don't I think it was, it was more like six. Yeah, I don't think it was a but... nine a year ago. I think that actually might be a misprint. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's down in the threes now. But as they point out, the core price index, which takes gas out, because a lot of the inflation going down was because gasoline dropped so much, and gasoline can go right back up if there's mm-hmm. some, some sort of weather event, or you know, uh, Saudi Arabia decides to stop pumping, or what. All kinds of different things can make gas shoot back up. So that's one of the reasons that the core inflation, they take gasoline out of it because it is so volatile, and that was still at 4.8. Headed in the right direction, but it's still 4.8%, which is a lot Mm. higher than we all uh, grew up with or are used to, and why they think that the Fed chairman is probably going to raise rates again the next meeting, and that will put us at the highest interest rates in almost 20 years. Wow. Wow. Well, and they take out food as well with food, the yeah. core inflation, right? Because that can be so volatile. So, yeah, that the, the non-core inflation rate, which, as you pointed out, everybody reports first and then says, on the other hand, this number is much more useful. <laughs> like somebody's making them do the other one first. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, you can be lulled into false complacency because, hey, gas happened to go down at the same time that the brucellosis outbreak was controlled in the Midwest. And so beef prices are down again and and you, you don't realize core inflation is continuing to roar ahead. But the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq shot up to their highest levels in 15 months because they were happy with the news. And there is Sell. some... There's some belief that maybe we're going to actually pull off the soft landing where they choke off the economy with high interest rates without sending us into recession. And uh, we get back to around 2%. We'll see. I have no control over that. I will just continue to be shocked as I am every time I buy anything. What? Or stop at any hotel. What? I know what a hotel like this used to cost. 
Like a third of this. What? And as, as, as applied to world events, economic events, that sort of thing, I see no good coming from optimism. None. No. I will continue to be a pessimist. We've just, maybe it's my personality, maybe it's our careers. You know, we're in a fairly volatile line of work. So I've spent my entire adult life waiting for disaster uh, financially. And living my life accordingly, never outliving our means, for instance, never, because it could all end tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, as the economy, it's soft landing. Yeah, here's yours. You can kiss my soft landing. <laughs> I'm still burying gold in my backyard, huh? <laughs> buying my freeze-dried survivalist. <laughs> wow. Um, a lot of different things to talk about what's going on with uh, NATO and the president's speech and a couple other things. And Xi Jinping is ruining China. You know why? Because communism sucks. Wow. If you miss an hour, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.